Hello and welcome to the new podcast, A Sailor and a Philosopher Walk Into a Bar. Here we've got Louise and Vieta. We've been friends since middle school. And in this podcast, we get together and we just talk about all the crazy things that are happening in the world and all the bizarre ways that despite our very different career paths, uh, we have kind of ended up on similar tracks today. Enjoy. So what has been happening in Bietaland this week? Um, Bietaland has been weird just because, you know, I'm a sucker for targeted ads. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, shoot, I got this ad for some security school and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll think about doing that and it was for uh for something called executive protection and the more i looked into it executive protection is like the proper term for bodyguard and i was like oh i don't know if i can be a bodyguard oh wait maybe i can and then the more and more i looked into it it was less and less about like guns and stuff and more about like planning and program management so i feel like that might be that might be doable for me that (laughs) this might be a good backup plan to the farm (laughs) are you still working as a security guard now i am yeah but like the people that i work with who have been here for like 13 or you know 15 20 years they're still doing the same security guard thing haven't moved up to manager and haven't like i don't know i mean i guess they're they're good with where they're at i guess i've just never like i don't know i'm not really cool with minimum wage so if i can get more training that'll get me paid more then mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing I, that i want to do so yeah that sounds good that sounds like a useful targeted ad yeah um except <laughs> i always feel bad when it actually it a targeted ad has me like interested in a subject and then I end up going with like a different product for the same thing because yeah. now I'm looking at a different school and it's like it's not just a school it's like a whole like um that it's I mean it's an employer it's like it's a bodyguard firm that has their own training so mm. I'm applying with them so we'll see if I get in but nice you know yeah yeah, I mean, that's that's the danger, right? That you got the targeted ad because they know that you like this kind of thing, not necessarily that you like this thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, shoot. But yeah, like, the, the more I read about it, uh, about executive protection, the more it sounds like what I already do now, except inside a rich person's house. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> All right. so, so that might be, you know, that might be better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see some advantages there. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And what is going on in Louise land? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> There've been too many things. I, I life has just been like too busy, um, but yeah, I don't know. Big things that have happened. Uh, my dad is in the hospital, but I'm no contact with him, so it's awkward. Oh. <laughs> how how do you know he's in the hospital? Did they, did they call you? No, so he's blocked, like super blocked on my phone, but he can still text my partner or call my partner. Oh. Okay. So he like he texted to ask if we would give him a ride um, because they wanted to give him a pacemaker next week. And then um, he like like I think you get put on anesthesia or whatever when you have that kind of procedure. So the hospital can't legally release you unless somebody's willing to take responsibility for you. Mm-hmm. So like you can't use public transit. Um, if you're going home after that kind of procedure. Yeah. So he texted us to ask if we would do that, which the answer was no, but we, we don't respond <laughs> as people. Sorry, that's funny, but. I mean, we're going to tell, I was going to tell him that, or Jeremiah was going to yeah. tell him that, but um, we were just waiting. And before we said anything, he was like, oh, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> so his I think I don't know because I haven't I haven't been in contact with him for like over a year at this point but 
I'm pretty sure he must be wearing like a heart monitor and that, that was the data he was collecting in order to determine that he needed the pacemaker. Mm-hmm. So now he's um like there he had like a heart event that made the doctor say like, oh, you need to go into the hospital. But he's asymptomatic, like he's not feeling any different, um, mm-hmm. even though his heart is being bad in some way. So they just basically decided to put in the pacemaker sooner. Um, okay. He's at the hospital, but I was surprised that he successfully got into the hospital because our hospitals here are basically at capacity right now because of COVID. Right. Uh, We haven't started building field hospitals, but I think the reason that we haven't is probably because we don't have the staff for the hospital, like a field hospital, not because we don't actually need the bed space. Mm -hmm. So I just figured that meant like, if you have a heart problem, good luck. (laughs) Um, but i guess that's not right and like somebody was trying to explain this to me on facebook like i was talking like a professor was talking about how we were almost at capacity and then i was like yeah this is weird but like my dad got in the hospital and then somebody else was like well covid capacity is different than just like what the hospital can handle and i'm like that's weird because at the beginning of the pandemic everyone was like oh we got to stay in otherwise like you know if you get into a car crash you won't have a doctor and so, yeah <laughs> so I'm like I don't, what does it mean that it's at capacity I think it might mean you're boned if you have COVID and need to go to the hospital but I think it's less clear how screwed you are if you have an ordinary medical thing that needs attention right huh. so um but anyways I don't know what his current status is but because he was admitted to the hospital like they'll make sure he gets home after the procedure it won't be okay dependent on me which so like basically like huge drama kind of thing came up and then it got some more dramatic and then I made the mistake of like telling my family and uh I have some my family is always well-meaning but they are (laughs) they are not always on point and one of them in particular is very not on point and he kind of pushed my buttons and I was in a mood so I pushed back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we had a lovely little exchange where I was just putting a bunch of people in their place all at once. <laughs> oh, God. I can only imagine. <laughs> so, that was, that was great. Um, but I, we haven't heard anything from him in particular. So I think that he's either about to have the procedure or he already had it. And they're just, they're probably going to keep him for observation since his heart was, being weird they probably want to make sure that the pacemaker is really gonna like fix the issue he was having mm-hmm. so that was that was the thing i mean that was like one of many things that was the most dramatic thing that happened by far yeah i mean that, that seems pretty eventful <laughs> yeah kind of stressful yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's really complicated when you're no contact with part of your family and like you know, I've always been like the person that um, would reach out to my family because I'm like a resources person. So as soon <laughs> as soon as it looks like the ship is going down, I'm like, all right, what do we got to fix the problem? Who's on deck? <laughs> like, how? What do I have? Who's on my team? What can you do for me right now? And like, I try to piece together like how as a group um, are we gonna, you know, piece it together. So that's meant I usually reach out to my family when something happens because I want their resources. <laughs> so, but they've gotten too comfortable with like, like they don't think to do anything for my father. Like they, they just talk to me about it. And then that makes me do all this extra work when it's like, you know, I don't know how he's doing. I don't know what the situation is. You have his phone number. Why are you asking me? Like. Right. This is not my job. In fact, I quit. I really quit this job. <laughs> like, <laughs> hard quit. I'm not getting paid anymore. I mean, not that I ever was. <laughs> do, do they know that, that you quit? <laughs> yeah, that was an original message. I was like, I don't really know what's going on because I haven't, you know, I said I've been like no contact for a year or something. 
And then um, I was saying that in order to be like, don't ask me follow-up questions because I don't know. And then uh, one of my cousins was like, you should go talk to him. He'd love that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think that's just one of those like default things where they're they're just like, oh, well, he's your father. You should like, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that makes me want to gouge my eyeballs out. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it just perpetuates abuse, right? Like they're by default maybe it's okay to assume that like okay it's good to be with your parents if your parents love you and it's the ordinary kind of situation but but if your parents are fucking terrible then (laughs) it's a bad idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) you need to not go there um or if you know if it's a cousin or an aunt or like whatever it is in in whoever the toxic person is in your environment if they're toxic and you understand that and you're able like the best thing to do is to take space from that as much as possible Mm -hmm. and like it's sad and stuff but people have the wrong instinct they're like this is a sad situation let's make the person who was trying to protect themselves go back into the danger that's the answer (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh that's a horrible idea how about you go talk to the other person about how not to be a horrible person that seems better (laughs) So that was the first time I think I really had something that's like kind of in my face about the toxic people in my life while I've been trying to work on empowerment through thought, which helps people navigate toxic relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's been that's been an interesting experience to be like reassuring people on a daily basis that like their boundaries are good and important and encouraging them when you know they're getting kind of nervous because they're having big feelings about trying to reinforce those boundaries and then on the other hand have be like "Mm, are you gonna go to the hospital (laughs) (laughs) this is weird it's weird out here oh man but (laughs) yeah i have i have some family boundary things myself that i probably won't talk about while we're recording but i'll probably i can can tell you some other time (laughs) yeah no worries Uh, um yeah no it's been like a big part of my um process in dealing with all these people to be more like vocal and kind of seen about the things um it's it's partially because the you know toxic people in my life at this moment i've i've gotten all of them out of my life right like i Um, maybe like maybe with the exception of one not totally out kind of like lurking but for the most part they're gone so I don't have to worry about repercussions of them coming back and being like I heard your podcast (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) so but yeah it's just been really important and for me because like growing up it was really like don't talk about anything like you're you know this is your problem and then when I did try to talk about it I would like overwhelm people immediately um, mm-hmm. so that wasn't, that wasn't a great experience when I tried to talk about it. Cause I didn't really know how to talk about it. And then it would just kind of become, you know, more emotional dumping than, you know, respecting where the other person was in that experience. Um, mm-hmm. but since, especially since I started to work on empowerment through thought, but just pretty much since I've been an adult, like I've really tried to find ways where I could talk about stuff in, a relatively safe way but still being loud and out there because I wasn't allowed to do that when I was a kid yeah yeah um but I do wonder I feel like at some point something bad is going to happen to me because I say all these things out loud (laughs) (laughs) but so far so good so we'll just ride that way (laughs) oh man no I mean what what bad do you think could come of talking (laughs) I mean I don't know like maybe a lawsuit like my father finds out that I told the world that he needed a pacemaker and like that was private information which I don't know why I was probably don't tell me private things like (laughs) I don't want any private things like you told me that I didn't want the information like you could have just not talked to me but no you needed a ride like (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, no, I think I th- I think you're good on that end, specifically because you've not mentioned who exactly your father is. I mean, I guess that's 
public record. Anybody could find that out if they're really trying, but you're not going around saying, hey, my dad, this person who has done these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to talk about people more in terms of, like, my relation to them, you know, like the structural role rather than naming names. Um, yeah, yeah. But I definitely think uh, there are some characters from my past that would not appreciate the things I say about them on the internet. <laughs> um, I don't think legally, I don't think there's any like kind of case, but I could, I can see like the anger and stuff, but that also just encourages me to do it more. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm saying, no, I get, I, get, I get kind of the same way with my blog and I'm just, I guess, fortunate that I've been on three ships so that I can't, I can't just be like, oh, well, you know, this officer, mm -hmm. like, and everyone will know what I'm talking about. Like, cause nobody can know. Cause I've been on three different ships and nobody knows which officer I'm talking about, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit more complicated with family things. Um, but yeah. you know, I don't know if somebody wants to take the time to go dig through the internet and figure out every dark detail of me. I mean, it's the internet. It's probably there. So <laughs> have at it. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Man. I don't think that any of the toxic people in my life though would be I mean I don't know how they've changed over time because I don't want to know but uh, I don't think that they would be up to that but that's not a challenge just in case anyone's listening <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <Don't> say that <laughs> oh man so Shoot. it's wild um stuff. <laughs> Uh, was there, was there any, like, specific topic you wanted to talk about? I mean, I don't know how to segue into other things. <laughs> totally fair. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I did, like, this big business planning thingy today that maybe would be fun to talk about. Okay. What was it? Um, so, like, I've been, I've been consuming, I've been trying to consume more podcasts. I'm not by nature a person that has listened to podcasts. I'm more like audiobook than podcast. Yeah. But like I want, you know, we're doing this podcast, which is like kind of on the casual side of podcasts. And then um, I want to do probably a little bit more formal podcast for my uh, for my business. So I've just been consuming tons of stuff about like, how do you make a podcast? How does this like work in your content? And then I've also been consuming stuff about like, how do you create courses? And, um, you know, just eating lots of the free information out there. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of like synthesized a bunch of this stuff into like um like I was watching this guy on YouTube who seemed um a little bit aggressively Christian and <laughs> a little bit anti-academic which was not my favorite and just a little bit weird um but he makes millions of dollars so okay I'm listening <laughs> so, yeah so maybe maybe he knows a few things <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know. It's just, it's really different to listen to like people who are really not academics who are involved in teaching. Um, mm -hmm. It's just like a really different space. Like he did some like audio thing where he like records bands or something and he teaches people how to do this. And then, then he branched off and taught people how to have a business doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but what I got from him was like, he plans all of his content, like, a year at a time. Yeah. And so I got that idea. Like you would do it a whole year and there would just be like kind of a system where you, you have like a theme for each week and you can pick kind of as you go. You don't have to like, you don't do all of the content at once, but you kind of like you structure it around like the big issues your customers are facing. And then you go in and, you know, you break down those questions into different themes and then each week gets a theme um, I thought that was like pretty smart. And then I listened to this guy who's, he's been around for a while. Um, I sent you a link to it. It's like the pod, I forget what it's called, pod. It's about, oh, it's about like yeah. how to build a podcast. And mm -hmm. that dude is an academic. Um, he does something more practical than me, like computers or something. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he was, he basically translated like, how do you go like, how does all of this different content like work together in a coherent way? And how is that related to just basically like good teaching principles? Mm -hmm. And like, 
this was like my jam. <laughs> like, yes. Because I've just been feeling like super overwhelmed because I asked my audience like, you know, where where would you like to see me? Like, do you want a podcast? Do you want blogs? Do you want YouTube? Um, and like their answer was yes, like to everything. <laughs> to everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I gave them an option to like add things and like I didn't do anything like ask about Twitter because I don't want to go into Twitter. Um, it's not a safe space for me <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. No. Um, it's just, I think it's going to become a time suck in a way that every, like all the other ones wouldn't. Cause it's like in real time, like, you know, Instagram gets boring at a point. Like, I don't think, I don't think Twitter would. And I don't, I don't want to enter the vortex and never come back. (laughs) (sighs) Um, but basically what I did today is figure out like how I want kind of the process to go. Um, and like thinking about having um, like units where like you'd have in your podcast. I don't know if I'm going to explain this well. So pardon me if this is incoherent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you structure your podcast around seasons um, mm-hmm. with the like the benefit of having seasons at a time is that there's a natural endpoint to each one, which gives you some momentum to work toward. So there's like an end in sight and you can take a break, right? When the season's over, you can just tell your listeners like the next season's going to start in a month or like whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to do this for a year. So I'm going to have 12 seasons. Each season's going to be focused on one major problem that my ideal client is focused on. And then each season's just going to have four subtopics and it's getting exciting here. Each topic (laughs) is basically just going to be a lecture um, that I'll put up like an hour long lecture that goes on YouTube. And then I steal pieces from that lecture to be the blog posts and the podcast. And, um, you know, I steal some of the, the words from all of that to be my Instagram content and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So then when we're talking about how do I, how do I create all of this content? That's so much content, right? I'm looking at like three blog posts, three mini podcasts. So like 10 to 20 minutes a piece and then one YouTube a week, 14, I post 14 times on my Instagram in a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I also want to do reels. They really, my audience was really into the idea that I would do reels. So I've basically figured out all like in terms of thinking, like the high powered, let me problem solve for my audience. Um, each week, I just have to come up with basically 60 minutes, like one lecture on this topic. And then I have to create one joke. And the joke is like what happens in reels. Cause I don't know if you watch reels on Instagram. It's just, it's just Instagram yeah. TikTok. Um, oh, okay. But like, it's a, like those spaces are kind of humorous. Like they're funny. Um, which I think is a really important thing for like the abuse survivor community. Cause mm-hmm. we tend to face a lot of darkness and we can be like, it can make us really serious and kind of, um, I don't know. We just like, we can, we can kind of be stuck on negative things a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's a lot of value in kind of having a joke. Um, but then I would just, you know, so I just kind of make this one joke, which is a different thing than all the other stuff I'm doing. And just, but like one lecture, just one 60 minute session. And then I can just rip off that and not like copy the contents, but like use that as the backbone for all of the other stuff going on. Yeah, no, you absolutely can. Like, I don't know if you caught that part of, like, the OFA challenge where Russell Brunson, Jim Edwards, and all those guys, they were talking about how their books that they've written are just, like, the the webinars that they've done. They, like, they they transcribe the, you know, their webinars into text, and that's, that, that becomes their book. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies if I think about like just replicating the same content in the same within the same week. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like, 
I've watched YouTube videos that I was like, oh, there was some really good stuff in there. I wish it was written down. And then yeah, yeah. that'll make me, <laughs> if, if they do have any blog posts, like that's a really natural compliment, especially because like, I'm not a very good auditory processor. Mm-hmm. Like this is my weakest skill as a, as a learner. So I really like, I like listening to things and I can, I can understand them. Like I've trained myself to be much better than I am naturally. Um, but I still like miss stuff a lot when it's just spoken at me. So <laughs> having like notes to go look at in, in a blog format's really good. But then I feel weird. Like I was explaining this to my partner today and he was like, well, why don't you just use the audio from the YouTube to be your podcast? And I was like, okay, so that's like an easy shortcut. Like maybe there'll be a week or two where like I have to do that because I'm pressed for time or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I like podcasts being like kind of more chatty and like a little bit more relaxed than a full blown kind of teaching lecture kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think I want and like, I'd like there to be a little bit different content just because it, it feels yucky to me to just package the exact same thing. uh so I don't know this feels like and I I like worked it out I looked up my process and I was like okay right so right at this moment I'm not doing any of this I just like create 14 Instagram grid posts a week basically at random like there's no structure to what I'm doing um Mm -hmm. and that takes me right now probably from nothing to completed about three hours a week um, so I, I estimated the time on some of these things, assuming I'm going to do YouTube, like that video is going to be like no editing. I'm just going to like shoot it. And however it comes out is how it's going on. <laughs> you're not even going to, going to watch it before you upload it. You're just doing it. I mean, no one's going to be following at the beginning. So like, hopefully by the time people care about it, I'll have some money and then I can just pay someone to do this. Um, but I mean, I might just never get to that point. Right. Because I'm not trying to be a YouTube star. Right. Yeah. Like the point of this stuff is just to grow my audience. And I want the people who care about the content who are maybe willing to put up with a little bit, a little bit of roughness because the stuff that I want to sell isn't going to be rough. It's going to be more polished. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm basically okay with it just being rough. So if I just take all of that into consideration, I can like, I think I haven't done it yet. So (laughs) we're guessing, but my rough estimate is that I, it can, in six and a half hours, I can produce radically more content than I am in the three hours. It's taking me a week to just do Instagram. Yeah. So that sounds amazing. (laughs) Like (laughs) That's, that's some good bang for my buck. So, I mean, I, I've just been like itching to sit down and try to think this through because I've been consuming all of this advice about like how to put it together. And um, it's just, it like kind of started to click in my head. Um, and now that I, I actually, like I have, I have these, uh, they don't work very well. So like, I don't recommend this super, but it's like these pieces of paper that are whiteboard material, but they're, they're flimsy and they just stick to walls with no glue, no, no sticky stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. you just throw it on the wall and then you can write on it. It doesn't work with all whiteboard markers, but it works with at least a few of my whiteboard markers. (laughs) Um, I have them like up all over my office right now and I'm just feeling, I'm feeling like maybe some of this stuff makes sense. And the idea of like spending a good part of my life creating content is not like as ridiculous as it seemed at the beginning of this. Yeah, yeah, it makes. I, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially for you. I feel like you, you're, you just naturally like to teach. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the kind of content. I mean, the, either the content I'm going to produce is like what we're doing here, which is like we're just palling around, like where there's no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we don't really have goals. We're just we're just hanging out. Our goal is to just hang out. Um, like that's pretty that's pretty chill so like I don't prep for these at all I don't do anything for this I like hopefully my mic turns on like that's my level of prep (laughs) Um, right yeah like in between I'll be like oh maybe we could talk about this and then I forget about it (laughs) yeah I mean I think you do slightly more than me because you you do make (laughs) um so oh 
It's either like Speaking of, tons oh, of prep sorry, or no prep at all for me. Like those are my goals. <laughs> Oh, speaking of that though, the uh, the thing that I screenshotted from the ClickFunnels group did. Uh, what what oh, do you yeah. think of that? Of the whole uh, law of attraction thing in the entrepreneur space? Yeah, so it's so strange, that, right? Like, yeah, it's every. I've seen it though in in like all the content that I've like consumed, like whether it's books or audiobooks or like or I mean podcasts, like that kind of stuff. The law of attraction, it like eventually always comes up. So I thought that was interesting, but yeah, it is really, really common. And I think it's a giant pile of poop. (laughs) (laughs) But, but do you necessarily think it's harmful? So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the ways it can hurt people. I do know in general, like it doesn't encourage people to take a lot of action. It's more like, imagining the kind of reality you want and that will be sufficient to bring it to you Mm -hmm. um I can definitely see how that's harmful like it's I think it's bad to discourage taking actions that help you achieve your goals um but I don't know do you think it's harmful have you seen it like doing yucky stuff to people I I don't think so and so the first time I was introduced to the idea of the law of attraction was uh when we were in high school, I, well, I didn't read The Secret. I, I listened to the audiobook. That was, like, my very first audiobook, actually. <laughs> it was The Secret. And um, she would talk about the law of attraction, but I didn't take it as, like, oh, it, like, you don't have to take any action and the things will come to you. Like, I, I saw it as, like, if you take, you know, the right actions, like, things will make their way, you know, like, the universe will freaking, like, move mountains to get the thing get you the thing that you want because you're working towards it I don't know but um Mm -hmm. shoot yeah I haven't seen it to be particularly harmful except I I don't know I mean unless people maybe misunderstand it I don't know I mean um I think that there's probably a lot of misunderstandings around it right like yeah I mean this happens with other things in this neighborhood so I take it that the law of attraction is a little bit more of like a spiritual tool than like a productivity tool (laughs) yeah yeah like it's it's not like here's how to have a good morning routine it's more like here is a way you can kind of orient your your soul your feelings um to to encourage the things that you're seeking Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and in itself, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you know, making a vision board and freaking, um, oh, like, telling the universe that you're thankful for it or whatever, and or, or, or like, just generally, like, being, um, uh, like, what, where the fuck am I going with this? <laughs> um, like, the things that they tell you to do aren't inherently bad. They tell you to be, like thankful and that 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 karma is a thing and that um you should visualize the things that you want and I don't think that any of those are harmful themselves but I mean the karma one I'm a little worried about because okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's not how karma works in uh (laughs) what westerners think karma is it's not the thing that karma is (laughs) but okay just never mind maybe the co-opting some eastern stuff Um, yes (laughs) maybe I use the wrong word but (laughs) I, I get that I get the thing you're talking about I'm like I yeah. agree. I think a lot. I think a lot just depends on the details. Like, you know, how are people? Because, like, you know, the thing that you teach and the thing that people receive, it's they often don't line up, right? Um, yeah. And like, because it's so popular, I take it that like, a lots and lots of different kinds of people are are into it. And that means some of them are probably bringing some baggage to to the stage, so to speak. Right. <laughs> so maybe there are versions of it where it becomes um, too focused on maybe like the mental or like the spiritual side and not like really packaged as 
you know, part of a multifaceted experience. (laughs) Right. But I mean, there, I think that there's some value in the kind of thing they're thinking, right? Like you can can screw yourself up if you're constantly thinking, I'm never going to get this. I'm terrible at this. Everything is horrible. Like that stuff will mess you up for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so it seems like not doing that is probably helpful. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like that the the post that you shared with me was like really aggressively like this is objectively harmful to everyone, and it sh- we should just throw it in the trash. Right. <laughs> and like, that seems strong. Like, I need some more evidence. Like, why? Why? Well, I actually awful? want examples. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need examples. Uh, Maybe I should message her. We should interview her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I get the heebie jeebies when that stuff starts coming out. Like, I just, I don't really like faux spiritualism. Um, yeah. I'm okay with like people who want to say they're spiritual and not religious. Like I'm down for that. But the new agey kind of stuff and like harnessing the power of positive thinking, all of these things just seem like really poorly developed religious beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> If we're going to go for religion, like, let's let's go for some more fully formed ideas. Like, we've got a lot to choose from, right? If we're just willing to look outside of the West, you know, we got Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism. And, like, there's a lot of things we could choose from before we start going to the, like, drugged out hippies in the West. Oh, God. Um. Anytime uh, anyone mentions New Age, I think of um, one of my favorite movies, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Have you ever seen that? No, what is it? <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And apparently based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, shoot. It, 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 it's about, like, the, like, an army experiment back in, like, the 60s or whatever, where they decided to experiment with, like, some new-agey stuff and uh, see if they could make, like, super soldiers who could read minds and, like, teleport and shit and, like, <laughs> I don't know. But apparently, like, a lot of it was based on things that the army actually did back then. Awesome. <laughs> but um the 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 men who stare at goats that title is just from uh like the the main character is uh george clooney and uh i mean is played by george clooney and and his character i guess stared at a goat and willed it to die and he actually did it (laughs) but um yeah Sorry, that was like out of nowhere, but <laughs> you no, said new age, yeah. and I just, my mind just went off. <laughs> I mean, there's no, like, so when I went to Nepal, my father was, um, I was going to study with some Buddhist monks. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but back in the day, there was a radio show called The Shadow, and mm-hmm. it was a mystery detective thriller i think i like people are gonna get like get mad at me if anyone's listening (laughs) all all two people who listen to us (laughs) um yeah so it's like the the plot of this guy who he had kind of what we would think of as magical powers like he could levitate and he could do some stuff and in the in the story he had learned how to do this from from tibetan buddhist monks in the Himalayas and I was going to the Himalayas to study with Tibetan Buddhist monks and my father was just like on my ass the whole time for me to go ask some of the monks if they knew how to levitate (laughs) (laughs) I mean I don't think he was being very serious like he knew that they that the answer oh okay probably not but I mean, as it turns out, there are some claims within, um, especially tantric Buddhism, where uh, that's mm-hmm. the like sex one. Um, <laughs> things get weird. 
so I think there's supposed to be like, if you're a really high llama and you're very powerful, you can do lots of weird things. Um, you know, your, your body is supposed to turn into a rainbow when you die. Um, that's called a rainbow body. Um, like, is that the technical term? <laughs> yeah, that's in English. It's called a rainbow body. I think it has a cool okay. kind of name in Tibetan. Um, but there, I mean, and there's some, there's some evidence that at least that one has. Now, what does the evidence look like? Well, there was this famous llama in LA, um, who like the human kind of llama, not the, not the llama kind of llama. Um, <laughs> I like how we keep having to clarify this. Just in case. Um, he like passed away and, you know, out of the building where he passed, a giant rainbow appeared in the sky, despite there not being any, you know, rain or clouds, the normal kinds of things that produce rainbows. Huh. Um, so Interesting. that's supposed to be evidence of the rainbow body. There's also some weird stuff where like, if you're a higher llama, you can, you're powerful enough, you can do things like in Buddhism, it's traditional to be cremated when you pass. Um, mm-hmm. So like my ex-husband's llama, he passed and uh, my ex was part of this cremation ceremony. And the llama was known for his teachings for like being a really good teacher. And so supposedly the llama decided that when he was cremated, his tongue was not going to burn away. Um, and according to my ex, his tongue did not disintegrate when they burned his body. Like it survived, you know, temperatures that, you know, that turned the bones to dust, you know, things that would have killed any, or not killed, but destroyed any, you know, kind of fleshy part of the body. Right. And I mean, my my ex, my ex had a lot of mementos from that. We had like these little pieces of jewelry that had the ashes of the llama in it. That was weird. <laughs> but we didn't I didn't see the tongue. I have not seen the llama's tongue in the Okay. Eye. But I was gonna say Pixar didn't happen, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but that seemed rude. <laughs> I mean he, he definitely a hundred percent was convinced that this had happened and he had seen it with his own eyes and um his you know, his colleagues had also seen this take place. So, okay. So there is some like what we would call supernatural, what in Buddhism you might call super mundane um, activity, but not, not the kind that was in this radio show that my dad was like really focused on. (laughs) So, I mean, before I left Nepal, I did ask them, I was like, do you like, like at some point, is there a thing where you can levitate? And I had to explain what levitate means because these people are like learning English. And yeah, they just thought I was the craziest white woman they had ever <laughs> talked to. <laughs> had no idea why I was asking this. It seemed completely bizarre to them. And I was like, yep, that's kind of the reaction I thought we would get. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So, like, not the same thing, but <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, what, like, my first time in Australia, um, we were supposed to pull into this part of Australia that was more, like, you know, like, the outback and kangaroos everywhere and shit, and there was, like, kangaroo burgers and steaks because that's, that's just normal over there, mm-hmm. but our ship, um, couldn't pull into that port because the, the water was too shallow, so we ended up pulling into Sydney, which is, you know, just another big city, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and my, my friend and I caught a cab, and he asked the cab driver, hey, where, uh, <laughs> where can we get a kangaroo burger around here and the cab driver was like really offended <laughs> he's like who told you we eat kangaroo <laughs> and let's go fuck oh fuck <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh that's great that's so great oh man yeah but I mean I've pulled into uh, Australia a few different times now and like different parts of Australia so we have been places where they do eat kangaroo that is a thing because there's so like in some areas there's so many of them that they're considered pests Mm -hmm. so they they do eat them all right that makes sense that makes sense although (laughs) I mean I consider certain kinds of people to be pests and I don't eat them (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe it's not true. <laughs> Um, oh, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, so I've been watching a lot. I watch a lot of YouTube. Like I'm a, I don't do podcasts, but I consume the shit out of YouTube. And I've, I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately too. <laughs> um, one of the things that's been coming up is uh, cruise stuff. Cruises are still shut down right now, but yeah, in some parts of Europe, they are able to operate for shorter excursions, um, usually ones that don't go anywhere, right? Like you, you start in one port and you end in the same port. Um, right. But um, you've done a lot of sailing and like being mm-hmm. on the water. Would you like ever consider like going on a cruise as like a vacation thing? I I would actually like I I've I I've, I've heard a lot of people in the navy say like there's no way that they would spend time on a boat like on vacation but it's not the same thing you're not working uh-huh. like you know you can just kind of chill <laughs> like yeah. yeah personally I would because I like I like being out on the water I like watching the sunset you know w- like while I was on the water that that kind of stuff and, you know like seeing the stars and the moon that that, that that was pretty cool like yeah do you think you would like I don't know what I, I don't even know the right words I'm gonna say barracks like wherever you stay when, <laughs> when you're sleeping in the navy oh, like, really? do you yeah. have like access like a like a I don't know on cruises you have like a balcony or you have like a window that you can see out like is that typical in the navy or you're like deep in into the ship and you can't you're just in a box oh no yeah no it's t- it's typically um yeah deep down below decks below the waterline and that was actually um shoot part of why so I have a friend who was like really scared to sleep in birthing after um the incident a few years ago with um the Fitzgerald and the McCain Uh, I don't know if you remember that or if you're familiar with with what happened not but um so like freaking like within a month of each other two of uh like two uh, two ddgs which is the same kind of ship that ship that i've been on Mm -hmm. um two ddgs in japan got like um i don't want to say t-boned i think maybe one of them was t-boned but like they collided with another ship because the the water is just so busy around there um I know, I know people don't typically think of that, but, like, there's such thing as, you know, traffic out on the water, too, and there's rules of the road out there, too, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, so, within a month of each other, like, there were two different collisions on, on these ships, and, like, in both instances, like, a bunch of sailors died because their birthings filled up with water and they drowned, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, um, yeah, so I had a friend who had a friend who was one of on, on one of those ships, and she absolutely refused to sleep down in birthing with us. She like slept up in her like um, a I'll, I'll say shop, but like yeah, like it's it's more of an office, but we all say shop. But okay. yeah, so she she slept up in her shop most of the time, like in a sleeping bag or some shit. But mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds pretty scary. I could see. I mean, it, also, I mean, if you're claustrophobic at all, that must like be devastating. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I always, um, I always describe our, um, we call them racks, our, our like our bunks. They're called racks, and I always describe them as like shelves that you put people in because that's 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 literally. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but that's what they look like. They look like a giant like three shelf bookcase but you put people in them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember you and I have actually been on a ship together in Pearl Harbor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know what that, the ship we were on there, like, compares to kind of modern accommodations, but um, I'm going to say they were not luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So do you think, like, if you went on a cruise, you would want to prioritize having, like, a balcony or at least a window or something like that? Mm. I mean, it would be nice to have, I guess. It wouldn't... Maybe. I know, like... I never thought about it. On the (laughs) Disney cruises, like, the rooms that don't have those, they have, like, virtual windows. Really? Yeah, so it looks like... But then, like, 
you know, Nemo and friends will like come by because it's, it's fake. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they try to accommodate it, but I don't know if I had spent a lot of time in a ship without, cause I mean, I've only been on a cruise once um, because I was very lucky that my partner's grandmother was very generous and um, we all went on a cruise together and we, we went on a Disney cruise cause she didn't really care which one. And of course I wanted to go on a Disney cruise and so did my partner. So <laughs> put up with that. Yeah. Those things are expensive. Okay. I've looked into those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was especially expensive because our, the way our sleeping arrangements worked out, we had like, we had to have three rooms and you pay by the room and it was, it was a little bonkers, but Jeez. Um, yeah. It was her last like trip. So, like it was a really important trip and it was a really good trip. Um but we had we had a balcony on ours and like we used it a lot. But uh you know, the price difference is like crazy between having a balcony and not having one. Um Yeah, that would have been the big thing for me is what the price difference would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't do very well on the water. Like I had to have like the seasickness patch um and I was like constantly afraid it was an earthquake. <laughs> Cause like, I mean, it's a giant, right? The like cruise ships are just like giant hotels. Like they, they barely move and yeah. they're so big. They just feel kind of like multi-story buildings. So, you know, as soon as the thing would start to move, I'd be like ready to get under the table. <laughs> Everyone's just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm from California. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was hard um but I was really glad that I had um the seasickness patch because I'm I'm really like I'm I don't get sick on roller coasters or anything like that but like if the movement is subtle it just like destroys my brain yeah so yeah I I, I get seasick too. It's like my worst like trait as a sailor. (laughs) I'm gonna say that might be your worst trait as a sailor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. How did you manage that? How do you be a a sailor and deal with the sea? So your so your body gets used to it. I mean, like for me, after a while, it would be like either I didn't get seasick at all anymore, or it would be like just the first day underway would be like I'd mildly be sick but once I woke up like if I woke up and I was already on the water it was fine like it wasn't bad yeah unless the unless the like the sea state got really bad like if um if there was a storm or something that that'd be fucking terrible and um but it wouldn't be just me it would be like over half the crew like sometimes it would get so bad that the captain would be like okay everyone you can just go take a nap or something and like unless unless you're actively like working on something important or you're on watch or something yeah probably the guy like staring you can can go lay down (laughs) yeah yeah that that sounds right yeah we were only on a a three-day cruise so it wasn't oh okay and we we went to um castaway key um oh i've heard of that place yeah so we were we were on my my partner and um the other lady that came with us not my partner's grandmother I stayed with his grandmother and then there was one lady that's like a close family friend that was with us and she she and him both like ran a little marathon or like is it a half marathon I don't even know um (laughs) they they do on castaway key and then I came with grandma later in the day (laughs) um, but it was cool they had um his, his at that point his grandmother didn't have like super great mobility so they had like these beach wheelchairs that had yeah. giant, giant tires. And I was gonna say, were they like huge. <laughs> beefy? Yeah. But like it was I learned the hard way that I couldn't take um our wagon to the to the beach when I was in Hawaii. Like we have this little like fold up wagon that I put all our shit in. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, oh, I can't doesn't move through the sand. And I realized there were like special beach wagons that like had these big beefy wheels, and I was like, "That's that's what I need." I still don't have one. But... Yeah, I mean, it was it was really. I mean, she was she is a very or she was a very petite woman. Um, but it was it was like PVC pipe and these giant tires, so it was really lightweight, and like it was so easy to get her to like very comfortably be out by the water and. You know, we could, it was really important to her that we did stuff together. Like, that was, 
you know, her number one thing was that we were together as much as possible. So it was really great. Um, so yeah, that's cool. I mean, if you're going to do a cruise and you can afford it, I think Disney is a pretty good option. Um, yeah, pretty much for any end of the spectrum, like with Catherine, like, uh, you know, like there's tons of stuff for kids. It's great for kids, but there's lots of stuff to do as, as adults. But I mean, everything is super duper shut down right now. So right. Um, we don't, it's just, it's just like a, a couple of these um, cruises in Europe that are, that are operational. I don't like probably even the guy that we were watching, cause he was based in Germany. Um, he, I bet it's all shut down now because Germany just went, went down into their next lockdown of the spike oh did they yeah. yeah so is france disneyland paris closed or it it closed on it's closing on friday so tomorrow is the last day and they're thinking they're not going to open disneyland paris again until sometime in the spring yeah so, so what do you what do you think of disneyland being open during a pandemic do you think it's irresponsible or do you think it's like okay as long as there's a safe plan i mean i absolutely love disney and i consume huge quantities of disney and i give disney a lot of whatever piddly income i have and (laughs) you would not catch me dead at disneyland in a pandemic okay no way in hell um (laughs) but i mean if we're asking what should happen in general the thing's a little more complicated right so like florida is just recklessly like we don't care how bad it is open the gate (laughs) 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 they're just like way far on the like death doesn't matter ha 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 and then california is like oh my god no one will ever leave their house again (laughs) like Right. <laughs> I kind of think that both of these are bad. Like, uh, mostly because if you don't give some people some way to do things that make them feel a little bit more normal, they're going to start to act in like excessively dangerous ways, right? Right. They're going to take on more risks. They're going to, you know, they're going to do things because th- they need to have some release somehow. So. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Disneyland, this Disneyland in, in California um, announced that they are opening a part of Buena Vista Street, which is like the main place you enter in California Adventure. So not actual mm-hmm. Disneyland, but the park on the other side. Um, they're just opening it up as a shopping and dining district. So, okay. <laughs> so you can technically like get into the park, but none of the rides, you can't walk around the park. It's just like the, the very front of it that you can get into. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know downtown Disney is open right now, but like, yeah. Yeah. So the idea yeah. here is they're like extending downtown Disney so that you can into California adventure. That yeah. makes sense. I think. It makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a way to say F you to the governor. <laughs> like, Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, Disney's having cash flow problems. Of course, they're paying right now. All of their leadership is taking full salary, which is bonkers. Um, right. They have no yeah. business taking full salaries because they took a hit at the beginning of the pandemic, but now they're back at full. At the same time, they're laying off like twenty three thousand employees. So I saw that. Yeah. That's yeah, like bonkers. like a friend of a friend just got laid off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are people who've worked for Disney for 15 years that have gotten laid off. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, was it today? Like very recently, they canceled all of the shows basically in Disney World. Like all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's, you know, there's some interesting decisions going on over there, but. I don't think that you should just recklessly open it up. I do think that Disney is one of the safest places you can go in the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. They are aggressively enforcing masks. They have lots of cleaning procedures all the time. Disney is very like customer service oriented, which is the right kind of attitude um, in this environment. And they know that their, their demographic is families and usually families care about safety. So Mm -hmm. I think that they are a pretty responsible entity. So if like I was going to, you know, if it was like, okay, you have to go out and you have to do some kind of activity for an entire day, like 
would where would you go the mall or like a disney park and i would definitely say a disney park because the mall is is a nightmare right people aren't wearing masks properly there's no sanitation like uh, they're not customer right. service oriented so if you say anything it's just too damn bad so you know on the spectrum i think it's good that disney is there and open to some degree i think it's too much in Florida, and I think it's too little in California, and I, I'm really concerned for the second for this wave that we're going in. Right, all the numbers are up for COVID. Um, right, right. And I just don't think that Florida is going to even consider shutting down again. And you know, we're just all kind of like holding our breath, hoping that there isn't a big super spreader event tied to Disney, um, mm-hmm. which at this moment there has not been. But, you know, yeah. we always have questions about, like, well, how good is your contact tracing? Like, how effectively do we find out if, if there is this kind of event? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think it helps um, the governor's position in California that France is shutting down again. Um, yeah. That makes his position look more reasonable. But to be honest, we, you know, we just... We haven't gotten it under control. Like to the rest of the world, we must seem like absolutely terrifying. Because um, <laughs> like most most of the developed world, maybe not all of the world, but most of the developed world has got it under control better than us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we are terrifying. I don't leave my house, so you know. <laughs> yeah, which is why which is why I wanted your your opinion on the Disneyland thing because I know that you like you you're you're like really really like don't leave your house and like sanitize everything so but you're also like a huge Disney fan so I don't know like I have um so not that these are my people or anything but I'm part of like a Disney shaming group just because like I'm not like I don't shame Disney people I just like I just thought some of the posts were interesting and then but then like some of these people are just like I don't know they I didn't know that there were people who hated people who love Disney like geez find something else to do with your time but <laughs> um yeah but yeah I mean they've been posting a lot about people like going to Disneyland in the in the pandemic or not Disneyland Disney World in the pandemic and like how dare they and why would they do that to their children and I'm like I don't I don't think it's I don't know I don't know yeah I mean I wouldn't either personally but yeah yeah I mean I th- I think it's important to recognize everyone's situation is different and what they need for their mental right. health is different I do think that it's not a wise decision but I don't think it's obvious that it's the wrong decision for everyone right yeah I feel like you know everyone t- has their own situation where you know like they they can make decisions on their own or whatever I don't know what I'm trying to say (laughs) yeah and I mean like yeah Disney is trying they they really are trying and they have managed not to have that super spreader kind of thing happen as far as we know um so that's to their to their advantage right like way less complicated things than a Disney park have had super spreader like the Rose Garden where my president and my president both my presidents were messing it up (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know uh, I think it's it's a really complicated issue and I mean I think the people who hate the people that go to Disney just they're going to use whatever they can um yeah so it's not surprising that they're using this i just think i think a lot of the country especially people who live on the coast do not appreciate what it's like out here in the middle like Mm -hmm. is wild there are lots of people who don't believe in masks at all um you know yeah like who (laughs) laugh at the reports of the dead that are come out every day from the state they literally laugh at the fact that americans are dying and it's it's just crazy. So, like, the worst thing you're doing in the pandemic is, like, going to Disney World. Like, that's that's okay, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's on a scale. <laughs> Did you... Oh, I have to go soon. But, like, fuck, there, there's this video that came up on, on Twitter of, like, these people in Target, like, without masks, like, in a crowd, like, just walking through Target, encouraging other people to take their masks off. And I'm like get the fuck out of here like, <laughs> like what are you doing dude? like they... target is 
Huh? Were they Amish by chance? Because I've seen no, them in real life, of- but they were Amish in Target. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it was just like these people were like. I don't know if you could necessarily call it protesting, but you know they were kind of protesting the fact that you had to wear a mask inside Target. But fucking Target is a private business; it doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Like they can tell you to wear a mask, or else that, or else they won't they won't serve you. They can do that. Like go out in the fucking street and do that if you don't want to wear a mask. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, I hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. I just I can't relate to these people. I I don't I I don't get it. Like <laughs> I, I try I try to look for the ways that like I can relate to people who believe different things than me, and I can't find any right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I gotta go. I have to go see my brand new therapist who. I don't know, knows nothing about me except for whatever notes she got from my last therapist, and I don't know. I really, I don't know, I don't want to do this, but, you know, I guess. (laughs) I mean, better to try than to totally give up, so. (laughs) True. All right, well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We release a new podcast episode every week, and be sure to check us out on social media. Louise is at Empowerment Through Thoughts, on uh, Instagram and on Facebook, and you can find Beta at To Go Ashore. Thanks.